You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh As a high school student. Plus legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out and then we would eat okay. the eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips, which was a lot. Then you'd roll the barrel oh, up so to fun. up the hill. And then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down. And we've also had an amazing guest like Mike the Miz, Jason Isbell, Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney, and many more. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pridecast with Jonathan Bennett and James Vaughn on iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pridecast, your weekly dose of love, laughter, and hopefully a little inspiration. And always a reminder to be proud of who you are. I'm your host, Jonathan Bennett, and I am joined by my husband, my betrothed. Is that what you would call you, a betrothed? I guess you could, yeah. yeah You're betrothed. Or is that before you get married? Somebody just watched the next season of Bridgerton. That's what's going on. Okay, here. I might be all into the Bridgerton moment right now. James Vaughn is here with me, my fabulous, lovely, gorgeous husband. Maybe you're lucky I'm still here. I, I thought I'd be a professional water skier by today. And oh my gosh. You have, lost me. We have to tell everybody. So it was a holiday weekend, and I took James, who used to be a professional roller skater a Eight. national champion roller skater in like elementary school or no high school middle school high school high school oh my gosh it was in high school anyway i took him out ski water skiing for the first time on the lake he thought he was so cocky and thought he was going to get up his first try and mind you james is better at most things than i am like james always wins at everything but i'm not always great at the aquatic 
you're not great at the aquatic uh, at the aquatic sports shall we say yeah and james tried not once not twice but how many times did you try to get up 14 14 times and was not able to manage getting up but it was okay because we had a lot of fun I, however, got up both times and also went outside the wake and jumped it. And I think I impressed you a little bit, didn't I, babe? I was very impressed by your I'm not. Prowess. I'm not. An, as the person who got voted off ninth. No, who got voted off 12th on Dancing with the Stars, meaning right. that there were 11 people that were better than me on Dancing with the Stars. I am not the most athletic person in the world. Or coordinated. Or coordinated. Or graceful. Or graceful. There's a YouTube video of me falling off of a balcony. Um, Google it. Epic fail. Jonathan falls off of a balcony. Didn't you go to the hospital? After I that? went to the hospital and broke two ribs because I tried to dance to Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings and slide down a banister to make a video for our stepmom for Mother's Day and didn't work out so well. I broke a rib. Well, you know, baby, why don't we switch gears to something much more inspirational than, than your athletic prowess? Uh, I think you're just embarrassed because you couldn't get up on water skis. But... <laughs> Here's what I love about doing Pridecast. Sometimes you get to have your friends on the show. And one of my dear friends, Colton Haynes, is joining us because he has a new book coming out, Miss Memory Lane. It's out now. I'm so excited for Colton. I'm so excited for this book. Let's talk to Colton Haynes. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with, what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events. Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated Love Line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. 
Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers. You probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you, to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer. Because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together, we'll find it. It's gonna be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today on the show, we have a good friend of mine and a Hollywood, ro- I'm going to call him Hollywood ro- gay royalty. I think he deserves that. He is, he is, he is the reigning uh, king of Hollywood who we absolutely love. The one and only super talented, super handsome Colton Haynes. Welcome to the show, bud. That in, that introduction, um, yeah, I definitely uh, don't deserve it. But um, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. We you like are. to hype everybody up. Yes, we're this. Well, this the podcast is all about hyping everybody up. And you deserve here. it. Well, I feel I feel the love. So thank you. And oh. you guys are yeah. You're lucky that you are. I, don't, I guess I don't know if we can say where you are. Yeah, or where you where you live. Yeah, uh, you're, you you're living. You're living in my dream place. So. Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing because we go there and we we we're amongst our people because we are just elderly gay men living in the <laughs> desert, clinging to our youth. That's what we do. That, and that's what that's what this podcast is about. That's really what podcast is all about, Colton. That's why. That's we're why I clinging to uh-huh. our youth. Yeah. yeah. That's why that's, I said yes. That's why I was like, of course, I'm there. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. That means a lot. I feel seen. I feel very seen right now. He's releasing a book. He, we have so much to talk to Colton Haynes about on Pridecast today. First of all, Colton, like we go way back. We go back years and years, over a decade I've known you. And yeah. to see you be where you are now and just come into your own is so, so beautiful. Like it's it's so inspiring. And I, I just think of like when we first met with our good friend Ali Mackey in San Diego shooting, we were shooting a movie and you came to visit like the person you were then versus the person you are now. It's just been such a cool journey to watch, even though there's been, you know, hard, hard times and dark times throughout the journey. Just like it's just so inspiring. It's crazy to think back to like what we were like when we were kids living in Hollywood. Oh, it was that was a different time. Definitely. We uh, yeah, we were. We were a wild bunch, I, I, I guess I can say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't believe it's been over 10 years since we yeah. met each other. I've known you for a long time. We didn't get to read your full book yet because we, ha- yeah. we haven't gotten a cop- our hands on a copy yet. Because it hasn't come in the mail yet. It hasn't come in the mail yet, but we will. No. And, but I, I know from what we've read about your book, you talk about, you know, the com- like, you know, we want to call it coming out and what it's like to be gay living in Hollywood. And I think of all the people I've ever talked to in my life where I say, oh, this person gets me it would be Colton Haynes. And I, I feel like you, there's a small group of us that were actors and we were told we weren't allowed to be ourselves. We weren't allowed to be gay. We had to live in the closet. 
and we weren't allowed to show like who we really were or we would lose everything. And then all of a sudden we, we live with that for years. And then all of a sudden, like shows start happening, like Glee and all, you know, the Ryan Murphy of it all happens and everyone's gay in Hollywood and everything's gay and everything's gay. And it's okay to be gay now. And we're sitting here going, uh, guys, we, this is not what you told us for the past 10 years. And now all of a sudden it's cool. Like, what do we do? <laughs> what? Hello? You know, I think it's, it's so, it's so nice to like, to see that it's, that it is kind of being more inclusive, but at the same time, it's kind of not being, you know, it's not being as inclusive as it should be. Um, and I think it's definitely like, even with you, I mean, you know, what you had to go through after, after all of the, you know, with mean girls and everything. Yeah. Um, but you still continued on and now, you know, now you've evolved your career into many different ways. And, um, it's definitely, it's, it's very, it's such a tricky thing with being, you know, out in Hollywood because, you know, you're, you're basically told you can only be one way of like out if you're, you know, if you're, you know, mask presenting and essentially white, then you can, you know, then you can be in Hollywood, if that makes sense. So I just think that that's such a wrong message to like, to really send to, to the, to everybody. And, you know, I think there just needs to be like more inclusion, but, you know, I think we, we definitely had to go through it and are still going through it uh, to this day. You've done so many things from Teen Wolf. You're shooting the, the movie right now, right? We just, we just finished. So I oh my finished gosh. and then I, yeah, I, we finished, I flew here and then it's been kind of hitting the ground running, but like the movie was, it was so, it was so wild to be around everybody and for it's like over 10 years to go by and it feel like we just, like, we just finished the show. And so, um, and I love Atlanta. We got to be back in the same kind of area that we shot in for the show. And yeah, that was just like so cool, but it happened so quickly and I want to like go back, so. And it's it's so nostalgic for you to probably go there, see all the your family you shot with forever, and then to all be back. It's one of those things where it feels like no time has passed, but it also feels like so much time has passed. It's it, that it's so wild. And plus, now we're not in high school anymore. So, well, I don't, we guess we weren't really in high school because we were. You know, You've been playing in high school for fifty two years because your skin is so yeah. good. So we're just gonna no. lean into that, Colton. Okay, Colton. Colton's one hundred and twelve, but he looks fifteen. It's great. On on the inside, I definitely am like you know, one hundred and fifty. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And to, so to be back with with the cast and to shoot it, what was some of your favorite moments? Re, you know, going back to set with with everybody and like just tell us, give the fans some sneak peek of something. Give them a nugget that they can Gosh. be expecting. I it's so it's so funny because it's so it's like very top secret, but at the same time, like I think I did. You know, uh, I didn't really ask for permission when I was like posting stuff, and I'm not the best at like social media anymore. I used to love it and. But so I would post things and be like, oh, I can't say the F word. Oh, F. Yeah. Uh, um, I can say it. We got beeps. We got beeps. Okay. Say it. I, I'll just save the editor some time. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, it was so, I kept spoiling certain things, but people weren't catching anything. So it was nice. What, what that meant was they just weren't watching my stuff. But at the same time, <laughs> it felt nice to like, just kind of be how we used to be because we didn't have to really worry about, um, making the studio mad or things like that and now it's like ah it's paramount plus but like we're so glad to be on that platform and on that you know with with paramount plus and um hopefully there'll be an opportunity for more coming in the future so 
we'll see how it's received. And yeah. Wow. Can I be an entertainment journalist for a second? Yes, James. And get a little deeper on this. Yes, go ahead. Because we're going to talk about the book, Miss Memory Lane, and we're talking about, in that book, you share your story of how you got to where you are now. So being where you are now and going back to those people that you were with 10 years Uh ago, how different is that experience? They're just like, it's so present now. Oh, You know, it, it kind of was, it was kind of shocking for everyone else to be like, wow, you're everyone kept saying like, you know, why are you doing like bits? Like, why are you being like this? And I was like, I'm not doing a bit. I'm just kind of like, I'm in a lot better of a mood now. And it kind of like, someone kept saying that and it was like making me mad. And I was like, look, I am not, I just cause I'm not walking around with a dark cloud over my head all the time. Like I'm still me. And so I, um, it, it was just so incredible to, I, I genuinely felt like I was everyone's mom. And so that was weird because I was like, damn, I mean, you know, so much has changed in all of our lives, but so much is still the same. We're still, you know, we're still like that family at our core, but I'm just not staying out and, you know, partying with everybody like I used to. Um, But we God, I, that the connection, everyone says that with their TV shows, everyone's like, you know, we're so close with our cast, but I feel like most people are just like, you know, they just say they're just there's lying um yeah. but mm-hmm. this genuinely like this this cast has been my family and it's been with me through the darkest and you know the the high the best times of my life and, um and we i think we just made more memories and like we i mean everyone kept oh God, i can't say that it was it was so I, you, know, you can I, say whatever you, you want as your podcast go Ooh. for it yeah yeah i'm like it's basically we were we were just causing a lot of trouble, but in the best ways, just kind of like, um, you know, doing our own thing on set and like, just definitely making it all our own and kind of ad-libbing and all this stuff. And it really, I think made for it to be more, I don't know, it just makes things more interesting on set and we just had so much fun. And um, yeah, I'm literally trying not to spoil things. Yes, I can see what, yeah. No, well, but you can see you. They, you the people who are listening to this can't see my my the wheels turning. Yes, in my head. but he's yeah. also mouthing what the the spoilers to us, so we're seeing them. But we're not going to tell anybody. Um, the now, so you said something really interesting just now. You said it was before we you had like Instagram and everything. Like back in the day when when yeah. Teen Wolf started, it, social media wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Like it, it it was there, but it wasn't what it, you know, has become. And in yeah. 2019, you did an article with people and I have to re- quote you because it's so beautiful. It, it, well, you didn't do an article with people. You posted this on your Instagram and they pulled it and we got to read it and learn about it. But you said, I don't want worrying oh. about if I look hot or not on Instagram to be my legacy. I don't want to skirt around the truth to please other people or to gain economic success. I have far more important things to say than what magazine I just shot for or what TV show I'm a part of, although I'm thankful for all of them, but I don't want to project a curated life. And I thought, and you go on to say like, I don't want to worry about what time it is and how many to post. Like, am I posting at the right time? How many likes did I get? And it seems like you've stepped away from that in a sense while still doing what you need to do for work, but been able to like step away from all of it. How does that feel? And first of all, that's probably the coolest post I've ever read in my life because I, I identify it per, with it personally so much. I, I think it's, it's so beautiful. So how does it feel to kind of step away from all of it? I appreciate you for saying that. I, you know, it definitely feels, it really shows you that, you know, you, 
what you kind of have to do to kind of stay relevant or, you know, I think for me, chasing being relevant has never been monetarily valuable to me. And so I found that the more I just am me and I'm not focusing on doing things for my career, uh, I, I, I'm more focused now, I think on really like trying to, you know, get my message across by like helping people or things like that. And like, I, I'm not really like, I'm not in the gym, like trying to have abs. Like, it's just not, it's not my prerogative anymore. And so I, I when I got to take a step away from living my life for other people, mm. I really got to focus. This book took me three years to write. And, you know, mm. it's, it's not at all. I mean, I think once you all read it, it's not at all what you're going to expect because it's very, it is, I, I only said that I would do this if they would let me be a hundred percent, if they wouldn't censor me at all. And so I talk about some really, really dark extremely sexual dark really a lot of things that have happened and i and i and i was able to just really speak my truth with it and and a lot of that has to do with um some of it does have to do with social media because you know i when you get to a point in your career when you feel like everything is kind of on the rise and you know everyone has your back and then all of that goes away and just because my you know my appearance had changed i had gained 60 pounds i you know i um, I had gotten into a, um, a relationship, which I legally can't talk about, but I got into a relationship. And so once you do those things after coming out of the closet, you are no longer, um, in a way like viable or, um, you know, sexy to the public. And then once you, so when you, once you lose all that and you start, and I started to realize that my only currency based on what other people thought of me was the way that I looked. And so in, in a lot of ways, I felt like I had gone um, all of the, when that when all that went away and I lost my currency, which was the way that I looked, I felt completely empty and broke. And so I then got to take a step back and be like, you know what, I I now get to present, you know, my real self on my other things to the world with this book. And um, yeah, social media is I think it's very useful and it, um, but it it can be very, very damaging to your mental health, I think, as all of us know. And um, I, once I took a step away from that, um, things just personal, you know, growth started happening for me. That was the longest answer in the world. No, it's so beautiful. No, it's great. You said something in there too that like, I would love to touch on, like not even from like an actor or celebrity standpoint, but just from like a, just every gay man standpoint, especially like I feel like our generation, you talk about like your appearance being your currency. And I yeah. feel like that does happen a lot with a lot of us. I mean, that, that was me. I was like, I got to get in the gym. I got to become this person. And I would love to get a psychologist to talk to uh, about this with a figure out like where that comes from. Because for me, I think it was getting picked on, getting, getting, you know, called faggot and, and shoved into walls of the skating rink and, and not being tough enough, not being what a man was, you know, from being from Virginia. Like, and I think, my way to combat that was, okay, I'm going to just get in the gym and I'm going to become this guy that looks like all those muscle and fitness magazines I saw. And that's going to be my thing. And then there's the weird sexualization by other people that comes with that, that then starts to make you feel like, okay, this is my value. This is, this mm -hmm. is what I have to offer the gay world. And I guess if I had some advice to the children that are listening to this, it would be find some other currency, find mm -hmm. as much currency in other places for yourself as you can, because that can't be all you're about because it does lead to a really dark spot when all of a sudden you don't have it. Yeah, it definitely, 
you know, it, it's also once I stopped kind of living in this thing of like, you know, I, I was so angry at the way that I felt like I was being treated. But once I realized that I was the person who was putting that out in the world, once I realized I had to take part, in, I had to, you know, I had to take stock of my part in all of that and being like, mm. I was force feeding my, my body and whatever I thought was, you know, the, what people wanted, I was giving that on a platter and serving, serving it to everybody. And so once I kind of was like, you know what, I, it's, my physical be my physical is literally the most unimportant part about me. And I think that my heart, and that's one, I, I'm not, I definitely am not one of the most confident people in the world. Um, uh, and so I, once I realized there are other parts of me that I, that I love and also believe in more than my physical, like my heart and my, my ability to be vulnerable, I started really leaning into that. And, and well, I, I'm still not the best with social media, like I said, but I started really just, um, leaning on my, you know, my humor and other qualities and just realizing that like, I mean, I can't change this. And so, um, but at the same time, it's just not important to me. Like, I'm not trying to get a boyfriend. I'm not trying to find someone to have sex with. I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm genuinely, uh, just trying to be the best dad I can be to my four-year-old, um, my cat, Timothy yeah, Shalom. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I see people's faces all the time when I say that I have a four-year-old and they're like, you're a dad. I'm like, yes, I am. Uh, no, but I definitely, my priorities just have changed. And I, and I, I am not at this point in my life, I'm just not trying to impress anyone. And so I don't really feel like personally that I, that I have to, or really need to like present, um, a sexy kind of whatever bullshit mm -hmm. thing, because it's just not really, um, important to me, uh, anymore, which, cause a lot of that did kind of really like break my, like, spirit having to like present all of me to the world in the way that I did to try to have a career and so you know hopefully I can I don't know I'm rambling at this point but no that's I love it it's, it's good everything you're saying is great yeah there's people that are going to hear this and it's going to yeah. like set off light bulbs for them so it's good to just hear you someone that they see on tv and in movies and that they aspire to be like say this stuff because i, I think it's just really important that because like even if like one person hears this and it saves them from a hell that any of us went through i think it's totally totally valid for you to ramble as much as you want and i think what you said there too just now is there you're you're not trying to be anything like you're not trying to be anything for other people you're just trying to be yourself and by you know getting to this part of the journey that you're in now you're able to do that because i remember or when you're talking about your sense of humor like your sense of humor and how funny you are like colton haynes is hilarious and like i know that because i know colton and i know he's hilarious but like so many people didn't know that because you were you were in such a depression and had everything going on that you had this dark cloud but i saw the glimpses when we were just being kids and like with Allie, just like musical theatering around and like just being the most when like yeah. all your guard would come down and you were just you getting to be you. And that was hilarious and beautiful and funny. And you saw Colton and then because of Hollywood and everything, all the other reasons, all the depression and everything stacks on top of it and suppresses the hilarious Colton Haynes. So like, this is Jonathan Bennett saying on Pridecast, Colton Haynes is hilarious. And I can't wait for the world to see how hilarious he is. I, I, now I like, I'll be funny. I definitely, yeah. Now, now do a bit for us. Uh, no, no, I just like, it's so, it's just, I didn't grow up. Like, I, 
I just was always this like innocent, very, you know, I was a really effeminate kid and I, and I, I just didn't know that it was wrong until like puberty hit me like a truck. And then, then I was like, oh, oh, who, then I moved to LA and, you know, I was being told constantly that everything I was, that none of it would benefit me to pursue my dreams. And so hundred percent. Yeah. And so once that, you know, once I, I started losing all those or trying to fix the things I thought were wrong, I, I lost my sense of humor. I lost my, I lost my passion for this entire industry. Um, and I, I definitely am like, it's, it, it's kind of hard for me to be honest is like the book, uh, there are some humorous parts in it. I can, you know, there are, I have this, there's a lot of like, a lot of things that I think are funny, but it's so, it's so, it's so visceral and really, really real. And it, it's so emotional that it's hard to see the humor. And so me, I, I'm in interviews. I just love to like not answer any of the questions and I just do kind of bits and like make jokes all the time. And I can't do that with the book. And so I think I'm fine. What I'm finding is like, I have friends who have, you know, podcasts and things like that, but they're like comedians. And I'm like, those bitches didn't freaking ask me to be, I'm like, oh, they're not going to ask me to be the, the cloud that's looming over their comedy podcast. Cause I'm talking about like, you know, a lot of, a lot dark of very things. dark things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, maybe the next, maybe then that once I start working on the next book, you know, I'll do like a David Sedaris kind of like, you know, a little satire thing. I'm so happy that this book is out because I think with this book, you're going to get so much personal healing from it, from, from the world, knowing your story. I'm sure there's going to come a whole bunch of healing, hopefully. And with that comes your humor and that will help you shine. And I hope you get to do really funny things in the future because I think you're hilarious. Hopefully. I, um, I think, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we like, I just think that it's something that like we all have in common, especially, but like you two meet me, just the stories I've heard from my husband and what I have gotten to see from sneak peeks of your book and interviews you've done. You guys went through a lot of the same stuff mm -hmm. with yeah. people telling you you had to, I remember my baby talking about like having like talk down the octave and like do mm -hmm. different stuff like that, which is like so dumb and so stupid and don't do it. And that's why I love the kids now that are just like living their lives and being so authentic on camera, which is awesome that we've gotten there. But you guys went through a lot of similar stuff. What's the thing I read about you having to do like post-it notes when you talked to the, what, what is that? Under my tongue. I, I had to who go Who did this? That. Who said this to do? Like, well, this, this one of my, my first manager when I moved to town. And so I, I basically was put into a movement for the actor class that, that would, that, that helped me butch up. But also I was put into a speech therapy class. I was put in I, some uh, class to fix my mannerisms. And so I used to have to put post-it notes under my tongue to fix my list or, or make sure my tongue was set back a bit. And so like, I'm talking, I mean, the thing is, is it's, it, it's so, for me, it is so like, it's so refreshing to see that a lot of, like we said, the kids these days aren't having to do that. And so I just hope that, um, I just hope that a lot of the shit that, uh, that we went through, um, I do, it is still happening. I, I know that it is, and I'm sure we all know it is. It's just hard to see, you know, whenever the way that people are treated in the press, whenever there's a lot of speculation, because what that does is, you know, that I basically was told like, don't come out because there's already speculation. So the, the audience, the audience um, already speculates. So they, they don't want you to tell them that they're right, but they also want, when they want to feel like 
they want to feel like they're right without being told that they're not. And so for me, I just, that, that thing of, of coming out and then realizing that the interest was in the speculation that like that, that wasn't fun. And I just hope that more people don't have to go through, you know, hiding their true selves. I um, know. It, I feel you. And it's something I had to do as well. Like, you know, mean girls, like, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to I'm just going to say some things and see if you if any of these ring true for you, Colton, like going to an audition and like making sure you don't dress too gay. Oh, 100 percent. Going to a red carpet and being like, oh, shit, where are my hands? Where are my hands? Don't flail your arms. Don't flail your arms. Like, keep your hands in your pockets. Like, stay butch, stay low, stay grounded. Talk cool. Like which it's... which starlet which starlet am I going to get pictures with that, that my manager will try to play some vlogs so I can date a new girl this week? Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's so miserable. And when people live like that, you, both of us have done it. There's other people that do it, ha, have had to do it. And so people still doing it, but what it leads to is it leads to depression. It leads to anxiety. Yeah. It leads to, uh, alcoholism. It leads to addiction. It leads to all these things. And yeah. you're, 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 you talk about being sober in, in your book and your journey mm -hmm. to sobriety, which I think is so beautiful. And yeah it changes your whole life, doesn't it? God, it's, it's just, what's it like feel, for you? For me, it really is this, you know, I, I'm a product of both my parents, which I talk about a lot in the book. They, they met in rehab and they kind of escaped together and they had a really tumultuous relationship. And, um, and I, I feel, you know, I, I didn't get sober until after uh, both my parents passed away and both dying from addiction and, and alcoholism. And so, for me, it feels like it's not only like a second lease on life because I, I ended up, I had an overdose, ended up in the hospital. I was in the hospital for over a month. Um, and I having a second lease on life for me, but I'm also getting to live the life that like my parents never got to live. And so I'm definitely not doing it for, you know, not doing it for them. You have to do it for yourself first and foremost, but I, to, to kind of experience and realize that, you know, it is a disease. I didn't know that until I got sober. Like I didn't know it's, it affects, you know, your, your, it's a brain disease, essentially alcoholism. So I, there are things I just learned by getting sober that I wish my mom got to learn, but you know, she didn't, that, that it's a very, very intense. Um, it took me three years just to write this one chapter of my mom because it's so emotional. And I think that, you know, once you lose parents, um, for me, I just, I started trying to do things they never got to do and kind of always remind myself that like, you know, there's, we don't have that much time. And so that's what I kind of, with my sobriety, I just really wanted to um, like honor them and also just like be there for myself for once. I never, I, I never believed in myself really. And I just always doubted, like I was always down on myself and always doing whatever I could to feel numb and, and just trying to really avoid working on my actual trauma and then just numbing it with pills and drugs and alcohol. And so now that I don't have to do that, um, I'm definitely more awkward. I, I don't have, I don't have that thing to, you know, whenever I go to events, I, I'm not a great party guest. I, <laughs> I literally, and I have friends, I, my friend, the literally thinks it's the funniest thing in the world to bring because they always invite me and it is so it's like watching someone, I just start acting like three different people and I don't even know who those people are. And so it is the most ridiculous thing, but I, you know, it's, yeah, 
I definitely am not going to a lot of parties. I could say that because it's very <laughs> awkward. It's awkward Weird. for everyone involved. It's got to yeah. be hard to refine yourself when you had to become something else for mm-hmm. so long. It's like, well, what parts of this are actually me? And how do I navigate getting myself back? Yep. Yeah, I feel like a four-year-old. Yeah. We have so much more to get into, but we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty Translated Season 3 is coming soon with, what? A second host? I'm Carmen Laurent, and this season I am joined full-time by world-renowned Janie Danger. Janie, what are we talking about in Season 3? We're talking about life, Carmen. Beauty Translated is about the many fragmented lives spreading across this rich tapestry of the trans experience. Janie, this sounds like an all-new format. Podcasting 2 is finally here. Thoughtful perspectives on current events. Stunning, sexy, bold interviews with an all-star lineup of guests. And the all-new Beauty Translated love line, the first ever. Be a part of the Beauty Translated Transcendental Podcasting Experience by calling our helpline at 678-561-2785. For any problem you may have, we will do our best to make it worse. Listen to Beauty Translated Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Shannon Doherty, host of the new podcast, Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty. You may know me from, let's see, 90210, Charmed, Mallrats, Heathers. You probably also know me from my stage four cancer diagnosis and sharing that journey with so many of you. There's something so authentic about a podcast. It's me connecting, me talking raw in the moment. That's what my goal is to give you, to talk about why I feel that cancer to a certain extent is a gift, what my responsibilities are as a person with cancer, because I think that there's something so much bigger than me. And to be honest, I'm still trying to find out what that is. And maybe together we'll find it. It's going to be a wild ride. So I hope that you all tune in. Listen to Let's Be Clear with Shannon Doherty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you know Leslie Kahn, the acting coach? 
I know of you know I, of I, her, right? Yeah. So yeah. I walked into her class. I walked into her room to coach with her probably three years ago, right? And I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was like talking about this character. I was like, he's straight, so I need to do this. And should I stand like this? Where should I put my hands? And I was going on all these things. And I kind of and she kind of asked some more questions about like my life and my what I'd done work wise and told her about Mean Girls and everything and like went through all the jobs I'd had and the and she took a beat and she looked at me and she goes my god you don't even know who you are and I was like you're right I don't and she goes you're so worried about what the character is and what you have to be for all these other people for these characters that you don't even know who you are to be able to do this audition and I was like, wow. And I, it hit me so hard because it's true. Like you and I both went through it with like, I going to a party, like which, which, which Jonathan do they want? Do they want like cool butch Jonathan? Do they want like funny zany Jonathan? That's like wacky and like, you that's know, theater, theater kid. Like, but like, who's, who's the, who's going to be there? Like, and then you get, then you'd go to like a house party and you'd be in a conundrum because you'd be at like a house party with like, people from the industry and like, okay, there's like HBO executives here or like some, you know, like people from some network. So you want it to be like cool guy. Cause they're going to cast me and I have to be like cool and straight and whatever. But then like your musical theater, best friends would be there. And so you're like, all I want to do is sing wicked. And you're like going back and forth and you become this yeah. crazy person at the party. And so then you just drink a bunch to like yeah. numb it. Oh, am yeah, I right? I, that is a 100%. I just remember, I remember Zany Jonathan. I mean, <laughs> I, I literally changed. I remember being like, how in the hell does someone have that much energy? I, I literally, <laughs> I, I would, and we would even like when, you know, when, uh, cause Ali and I are still, are still best friends. And even that, that when we were all in San Diego, I was like, yeah, I, if I wish I could bottle some of that up and like, you know, like, um, but no, I definitely agree with what you're talking about. And, you know, I think that, you know, trying to present like, really it is, it is, you know, for me, at least, I'm sure that a lot, that y'all can um, say the same. It's, it's kind of like, it, I just want, I wanted to be whatever you wanted me to be. If that, if that was going to help mm -hmm. me inch closer towards my dream, I, I would be whoever you wanted me to be because I didn't know who I was and I still don't know who I am. And so I feel like I'm a four-year-old. I'm almost four years sober and I'm doing things, uh, you know, it's definitely an out-of-body experience, but like someone, I, someone once, um, it broke my heart, but someone, I was playing in a tennis tournament um and uh the announcer said colton haynes he's like a house with no furniture he's like a beautiful house with no furniture and and everyone's laughing and and it, it took me a second to kind of realize what that meant and i was like oh shit like he's got all the goods on the outside you know he he's wearing the great tennis outfit he's got he's you know has a nice racket but there's really nothing on the inside he, he doesn't have a brain or anything on the inside like and so that I, that then like spun me out and i wrote this like really um i it was it was part of what got me my my uh the book was i wrote this kind of um intense uh letter that that kind of explained to how i am now you know and i really i i once i realized that like yeah i i don't live in that glass house that i used to have and i i once i realized that i am exactly who i meant to be which is a two bedroom in the scorching hot valley um, with, with secondhand furniture and hand-me-down clothes that I love. And cats. And cat, well, a one cat. cat. One, because this one is murderous and will kill if I want more. But Got it. Mm -hmm. but yeah, once I realized that, like, like I, 
I'm okay. I now have like my internal furniture. There's furniture in this house. And, um, and I, 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 yeah, that's not really like in the book, but I, I've been thinking about it a lot because I'm in the process of working on something else. And um, I, it just, that, that, ever, that the whole world could see um, that, that that was kind of what I was presenting to the world, like just everything on the outside, but there's nothing going on in the inside that like broke my heart. And so that was kind of a catalyst to, to, you know, all the next kind of endeavors that I started working on, but I don't remember the question now. I'm just right. No, you know, it's perfect. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. I just, our whole point with Pridecast is it being about a celebration of building up our community. And so there's stuff in this to take away that I hope people do take away. And I think a big thing here is because our community can so many times like gang up on each other and yeah. want to talk mess on each other Crap. and all that. If we you see somebody being their authentic self and they are loud or they are flaily or they are boisterous or they are whatever you think they're not supposed to be because they are supposed to fit in your box, if just encourage them and applaud them and say something nice to them about it. Like, yeah. I love your energy. Like I told my baby, like, I love your flailing. I love, I, I call him my wacky Bruce because there's that scene in, what's that movie? Oh, um, the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. Anchorman. Anchorman. They go oh, cut yeah. to wacky Bruce. And I'm like, that's yeah. my baby. He's wacky Bruce. Yeah. And like, I like my wacky Bruce. And so when yeah. you see somebody just being themselves, especially like in our community, just like build them up for that. So they don't go through this dark stuff of feeling like they have to be something else. Like we all went through, like we're in a different yeah. place now. So let them know they're amazing for being just themselves. And Colton, yeah. I think you're amazing for being who you are. I want to say it right now. Thank you. I think the same way about wacky Bruce. Thank you. Wacky Bruce. Now, this is Pridecast. And so we always like to make the listeners aware that, yes, you know, we have we've done a lot of great work and we're we're headed into the future with some great things ahead for the LGBTQ plus community. So Barbara Walters but do this. Like so serious. We also like to talk about our past and where we've come from because to know where we're going, we gotta know where we came from. So we like to do a thing we call this week in gay history. James? What happened this week in gay history? Which you will never deliver the actual information of gay history. No. Because you don't want to have to do I don't want to have to read the facts. You I just, just want to do it because as this is happening right now, Colton, on the podcast, there's music under us playing because it's like a whole thing. This week in gay history, Colton, we're going to teach you something. Here we go, James. But what really, happened? The research is done by our producer, Raymond. Yeah, so Raymond we got to give the props to him. Thank you, Raymond. But Raymond, I'm a skirt on this one because I found something different that I actually really wanted to touch on because I think there's a little, a little tiny conversation to have on this too. Uh, so this week in gay history, do y'all know who Gilbert Baker is? No. Like, don't look at the paper, baby. Sorry. Okay, obviously we, we don't, but we should. Because in 1951, this week in gay history, Gilbert Baker, the designer of the rainbow pride flag, was born. So the original rainbow pride flag was unveiled at San Francisco Pride back in 1978. And the color on the flag, which I don't know if you know what they were intended to be, but they were intended to reflect the diversity of the LGBTQ community. So that leads to the conversation of, remember a couple years ago when people added, um, they added the design to the flag for, for trans and people of color and more representation, which if you pay attention to the history, you realize the whole point of the flag was to reflect the diversity. So that's kind of the point in doing it. But some people were like up in arms and like made a stink about it. Do you remember that? Yeah, totally. Do you, like, where are you on that, Colton? Do you remember that? I, you know, I, I feel like it, it's still, you know, I think it's still going on, but I think as, as long as it basically like, 
whatever colors we need to add to the flag to make sure that every community is represented, then then add whatever we need to add. Like, I mean, I'll I'll get my freaking sewing machine out right now. So no, yeah. he will. Nick, don't yeah. don't tempt him. He really will. He'll sew yeah. us a new flag yeah. right here. I will. He's I gonna will. Betsy Ross it right here, and you'll go flailing the street with it. And I love it. Uh huh. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I, I think we're all with you on that, Colton. Like, and I'll just say it, like, because we get to just say how we feel on this. Like, if you have an issue with them adding color to the flag, it's stupid. I'm not saying you're stupid, but I'm saying the stance is stupid. The whole point is to make people like think about it. When we see a flag and we're traveling. We go somewhere. You see that? You're like, oh, that's a safe space for us. That's a place we can go be ourselves. So the whole point of our community is to make sure everybody that is from a marginalized community in the LGBTQIA++ community feels safe and feels like they have a place. So if we need to put the whole Crayola box on a flag and invent a a few extra colors, too. I say go for it. Like that's the point that I, I'm always say this on our pride cast. There's strength in numbers. We are the alphabet mafia. The more the merrier. So I'm all for it. So if you have an issue with the flag still after I've given you this piece of gay history yes. about the colors being for diversity, check yourself. And, if, and go get a new flag. And if we need to add burnt sienna for all the musical theater queens out there like me, I will I'm claiming burnt. Sienna. That's the color I was the entire early 2000s because of the spray tan I got. That's true. That's true. That's your, so that's your new drag name. Burnt Sienna. Burnt Sienna. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. I love it. Don't get oh my gosh. <laughs> so pride means so much to so many people and it's something different for each person. So I want to ask you, Colton Haynes, what does pride mean to you? It's pride month right now. What, what does pride mean to you? Gosh, it, it means that I... I get to exist in a world that, you know, especially growing up, uh, I didn't feel a part of. And also it just means that I like, yeah, I mean, it definitely means that I'm part of a family and that's, that's something that I haven't always felt like, uh, especially growing up. And so, um, you know, just, it it just means I get to just be my authentic self, uh, whoever I decide that I'm going to be that day. One of the, you know, 10, People characters I, yeah, yes yeah but, in the colton yeah, just, haynes movie one of the 10 characters shows up each day and whichever one he wants yeah. to be he can be it it's always and that's so Fitter. awesome yeah Valerie well Fitter, you know what Colt? real glad to see you you were in that movie what were you in teen teen spirit teen spirit yeah. new movie on paramount plus you know so real excited real tape. excited for your book mr memory lanes real excited give her another take give her another take yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't need to say that. Um, I'm just quoting Valerie Cherish if nobody knows. From, that's the, comeback. The, from the comeback. He's Jonathan's favorite character but in the entire world. When he I judged also RuPaul's realized... Drag Race, he told Rue that's who he wanted to be okay. on Snatch Game. It's you opened a whole can of worms. I don't know if we're going to get him back. We're not. Okay, here's the thing. When I judged RuPaul's Drag Race, I was sitting next to RuPaul, and I know she's a huge comeback fan. So I literally turned to her at one point, and I just like did a little bit of Valerie Cherish, and I was like, Rue, is it? Oh, and... RuPaul lost it. It was off camera, but it was like one of my shining moments in my life. Like I made RuPaul laugh from doing such a good Valerie Cherish. Like that's it. That's a wrap on me. I don't, I don't, I have nothing else up my sleeve. I can't even, I can't even, I walked by RuPaul and I almost, I literally almost like fainted. I can't even imagine having a conversation with, with Mama Ru. Um, Cause I, I just, yeah, I would, I would definitely faint. So that's, I did that would be snatch game episode. So I got to go to do snatch game, which was even more stressful. And the runway they did frozen from Broadway and sang musical theater. So I was like snatch game, RuPaul musical theater, like goodbye. Like yeah, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm out. 
I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I couldn't would, handle I would, it. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. handle it. Um, yeah. do you remember your first pride you went to? Do you remember? I'm, I'm, I know I had a really interesting experience with like pride and what that meant to me, like going to the actual events because of having to be in the closet, I would want to go, but wasn't allowed to. So you'd wear yeah. like baseball hats and like try to like hide yourself because you still wanted to go. Did that happen to you? I just, I, I never, you know, I never really went. And so like that, I think the thing that, that was, that really sucked for me is like, I had a really troubling coming out when I was like 14. I ended up having to move away. But once I repaired my, the relationship with my mom, by the time I was like 16, even though I wasn't living with her, uh, my mom brought me to Wichita Pride when I was 16 after, after a very tumultuous coming out. So it was two years after that. And I don't talk about that in, that in the book. And I definitely, I should have, but I, um, I like the fact that my somehow a, a couple of years could go by and, and my mom could, it wasn't that my mom was never homophobic. She just knew that it would have been hard for me to exist as a gay man in a town of 600 people in Kansas. And then once I got to go, so I went back to visit her and she brought me to Wichita pride when I was like 16. And it was like, it was incredible. And then, um, you know, I moved to LA and then I, I had to like lock all my, you know, lock myself back up in the closet and I never really got to go. And I, now I'm uncomfortable around situations like that, just because I, I find myself longing. Like I, I was, I was a, I mean, I was a go-go boy when I was in high school. And so like I was sneaking into clubs. And so I longed for that, that old, like, I longed for that, like that gay kind of freedom that I had when I was younger. And then now in LA, I, I'm having to learn how to, how to be myself in situations like that, because I find myself presenting Instagram Colton. I, that's what I call him is like, I find myself being like, Oh, if I don't present what people, what the people who might follow me on social media want, then I'm just not, there's no point in me being here. Cause I'm not, um, you know, I'm not keeping the dicks hard. And right. so I can't say, I can't say that. Um, okay. And so I, I really, it comes to a point where it's like, I shouldn't be here because I'm not, um, I'm not giving what people want from me. And so I, I still, and it is kind of, it makes me sad because I, you know, I don't, I don't like date or any of that stuff. And so like, I'll find myself, I was in New York a couple of weeks ago and like, I was like, don't throw a pity, a pity party for yourself, Colton. Like, I'm like walking by gay bars being like, I wish I could go in there without feeling and, and still feel wholly anonymous and like still not feel like I have to, um, present. Yeah. Present because I'm, you know, in the, or at least was really in the public eye. So it's still something I'm working on. Thank, thankful to my therapists, multiple. Uh, and you know, I I'll get back. I'm going to get back that kind of, um, that kid that I used to have. So in me, so. You get it. I mean, I even saw a big change that five and a half years I've been with Jonathan. I've seen a big change in what he would present places versus, how he is now so i mean it's yeah. it's a journey for sure like i i but I, I think you'll get there hang on i want to do something you guys keep talking okay yeah. where are you going no i'm just gonna get something he oh. said something about therapists and oh. it triggered something for me okay james is going to get something but <laughs> I, james wasn't wearing pants when he got up by the way uh he, he never wears pants around the house that's why i married just, him yeah yeah that's literally yeah, why i married him i'm like babe yeah. there's a spot on the floor that needs Hi. cleaned again he's yeah. like why do you keep spilling stuff i'm like i don't yeah. 
such a fun time. Raymond, I think it's, you're I'm sitting here. Really Raymond is our Gen Z book. leaning I literally, uh, producer. I feel like we say that. I, I had I no like, idea you yeah. came out so early. Raymond, what do you think about all these stories you're, you're hearing of Colton? And I think that's as we share. awesome. You know, like I took a long time to come out to my parents. And I think well, my whole you. life would be different if I felt like I could do it when I was 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I really like seeing those kids. And then the thing that really hurt my like soul was having to go back in the closet. Like that was yes. why, because like I was a, I was just a, I mean, I was not your average. I, I mean, I would fit right into the cast of Euphoria. Um, yes. I, yes. Yeah, that was me. And then I, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think obviously we're all on our own journey. And um, I think that that, yeah, I mean, it does. It does make me feel like you want to get back into, like, maybe go back to your teens and see what it would be like to live, um, kind of your authentic self back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm sorry you didn't get to do that, but yeah. Well, James, what do you have? Oh, God, I would, I would have loved. So I'm coming in on the tail end of this, but I would have loved that. I always think like, man, if I could go back to high school and not have to pretend that the guy I went to homecoming with was actually like, we had to pretend that. We weren't going together and we had two girls that were friends come with us and we couldn't even acknowledge to them that like they were coming with us because we wanted to go together. Like if we could yeah. go back now, I see that kids and like going to their homecomings together. It's beautiful. Like I, I, I brought my, them. I brought my boyfriend in high school to, I was nominated for, um, I went to four different high schools. My senior year, I was like the new kid. And I think I was only nominated for prom king because everyone was like this, who is this guy? And I, I brought my boyfriend and I was out and we, we got to like, wear our matching suits and like um and you know dance uh, to like boys to men and um and then yeah and then all that kind of you know then you have to go back in because the same thing happened to me i was out i was a big old musical theater queen in high school like the gayest kid you have ever met i'm like what do you want to sing rent (laughs) like we can do all of it i can do all of it let's go and then like i get all my children and i have to go back in the closet so Yes, I totally understand what you mean. Like, you're out, and then the industry puts us back in. James, what'd you get? Well, no, I just went because, like, you, you talked about your therapist. And, like, as gay men, a, a lot of us go to therapy. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And one of the things that my therapist taught me that has worked really well with me is replacing memories and replacing something that was bad or hurtful within, like, a good memory. Because the way the timeline of your brain works, it actually pushes stuff away. So whatever's more recent, like, if I had a trauma in a certain place, like, for example, the house that Jonathan and I are in was with my ex. And, like, it was a really traumatic, hurtful place. But then Jonathan and I came here and did a lot of work to it and it became a beautiful place. And now I love walking in here. Because so, I used to sing Wicked in the living room on a bicycle go on true story in the middle Mm -hmm. of pandemic actually did Uh, but so yeah i went to a lot of speech therapy so you talk about speech therapy like resonates with me my voice you will hear it go back and forth a thousand times too between like accent not accent like like my much higher pitched voice my lower voice it's just because like so many times i was taught to talk so differently between like news and school and 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 shows and all that so what is the, the I got a post-it note, which by the way was very hard to like, find in this house. What is like the post-it activity? How does this work? What were you supposed we, to do with this? You have to like fold it up. You have to basically like fold it up into something like a bunch of different, like fold it a bunch. Okay. And then, yeah. And then put it, yeah, a bunch of halves and then put it under your tongue. And it's supposed to um, kind of fix the placement of your tongue. 
Let's see what happens. I couldn't say. James it. is doing it right now. I, I want to try that. Hang on. I, I try to have. He's doing the post-it. And now I'm supposed to talk like this? Well, it doesn't sound. That, that makes this sound just worse. made me like right back to my fifth grade self. Like I'm, I'm fully living <laughs> sounds, with this. Is this not like, right? It sounds like you're chewing gum. <laughs> Am I doing? And this is supposed to help. It was supposed to help, like because then once you, <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is not what we're doing. <laughs> this is exactly no. what we're Wait, doing. What does it help do? It, so then once you take it out, it's supposed to help the placement of your tongue. So you have to talk like that for a long time. Uh huh. Um, but we shouldn't be, yeah. I mean, like then once you, it's the same with a, a a highlighter. Like if you if you put a highlighter in your mouth and talk, and then you take it out, and then it helps with addiction. Ah, uh, Colton. Before we go, I want to ask you what your favorite part about being LGBTQ plus is. What's your favorite part about being gay? Um, that I kind of ex- get to experience. Um, I, I in a lot of ways, I get to feel like I get to experience a lot of. Um, I get to feel my feelings, I think more because I do have, mm-hmm. you know, I do have qualities of, um, you know, I, I feel like I just have a lot of different qualities from growing up with my sisters and kind of identifying with them and also with, bro- with my brothers. And, you know, I think I just have access to my emotions, which I'm, um, I mean, I'm proud just of so many things, but I definitely, um, I'm just at, the, at this point really proud that. I live in a world where I'm able to exist, um, the whole being wholly myself, um, because there's so many people out there who don't get to be that, you know, who are, who don't have that luxury. And, um, you know, I think the more we are able to be ourselves, then I think that that can just really can continue to change and allow other people to be themselves as well. So, um, yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. All right, before we go, can I do my big gay spotlight? Okay, go for it. I want to shine my big gay spotlight. You got to introduce me to this and play the music. All right. It's time for this week's big gay spotlight, where we shine a spotlight on someone in the LGBTQ plus community that is doing extraordinary things and needs to be hyped. So who are we hyping this week, James? I, I don't always do celebrities on this, and I had somebody else, so I'm going to switch it out with next week's because I think this is so cool. I'm shining my big gay spotlight this week on Laverne Cox, who oh, y'all know I adore Laverne. I love you to death. Yeah. But I'm doing this you, not only for what an amazing advocate she is in so many ways for the trans community and for the queer community as a whole, but because, I don't know if y'all saw this or not, but go look it up if you haven't Google it. She was the inspiration for Mattel's first trans Barbie doll. And I can't think of a more perfect representative for that than Laverne Cox. And especially in a time when trans rights seem like they're so under attack. And to have Laverne, who, by the way, I'll give you a little history on this, too, because this month in gay history, Laverne Cox was on the cover of, what was it, Time Magazine? Um as the first, uh, and she was talking about being the first openly transgender person to be nominated for a primetime Emmy. That was 2014, now it's 2022. She's just trailblazing all the time, breaking down barriers. And now there's a trans doll out there for kids to play with and 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 just feel seen and feel love. And it's just, it's beautiful. Like we're making progress, y'all. So my big gay spotlight goes on Laverne Cox this week. Colton, do you want to shine your big gay spotlight on anyone in your life or anyone you know? They don't got to be famous. They don't got to be famous. It can be anyone. Gosh, you know, I, I've gotten just to, to I, there's a couple people that I've, um, that I've just become, I feel like they're my best friends just dur- during the pandemic. And, you know, my friend, Brandon Kyle Goodman, who a lot of people might know from the internet, um, he's, or, you know, not only 
hilarious with they, they have something called messy mondays but at the same time i'm in the process of reading um reading brandon's book that is about to come what's going to come out shortly in a couple months I, I believe and i'm just so inspired by brandon and um brandon's on big mouth he's a writer for big mouth and also has been in a bunch of other things but has just really been a friend that I've needed during the pandemic. And, you know, whether it's my friend Alok or um, Ashlyn Marie Preston or Brandon, we really like have formed these, this bond, especially during the pandemic now to be out of it and actually like get to enjoy their company. Like I just, gosh, I really learned so much from, from them. And I'm just really, really, yeah, I definitely needed to slow down um, in the, the pandemic. Uh, was definitely hard for all of us, but I, I, there, that's something good that came out of it for me. So, and I want to shine my big gay spotlight, which I normally don't do. Usually, we just shine one. James, James kind of leads it, but I'm going to shine my big gay spotlight this week on Colton Haynes oh, because if there's anyone, oh my god, I'm getting emotional. No, nope, we're not doing this. No, nope. if there's anyone that I feel like sees me and understands everything. It's Colton Haynes. Cause I see you and I just understand you and to be able to do what you're doing now and to be fearless by releasing this book and having the strength and courage it takes to do what you're doing and to be on this journey you're on and to stand up and tell your truth to the world in hopes that it inspires everyone. That is probably the strongest, most courageous, most respectable thing a human being can do. And so I shine my big gay spotlight on Mr. Colton Haynes this week. I love you, Papa John's. Oh, you see money? I know. There's people that are going to listen to this and need to hear it because both of you guys, at the height of your darkest place, if you had 20 seconds to go back in time and say something to yourself, what would you say? I'd say it's okay to be gay. Turn on the musical theater and just listen to it at full volume. Like I would say just be yourself because you're scared that you're scared that once they find out the real you, they're not going to love you and that you're going to disappoint your fans. But what happens is you realize that when you are your true self and live a true life of who you are, is when people can actually connect with you because no one connected with me because I wasn't a real person. I was a shell of like what I thought I should be. But when you're a real person, people connect with you and they embrace you and they love you even more. So just be yourself and go for it because you only, you're the only one that knows how to do you. Yeah. And you do it so well. So yeah, I mean, God, this it took an emotion. It took an emotion. I know I, I didn't yeah. mean for it to get emotional. Then all of a sudden no. I got emotional. Oh, think, it's because know, I'm I so think, proud of you. Well, we do, and we just have so much history. And, you know, like, <sighs> you know, I think, I think that, like, if I could go back, I just would be, I think if this is something also that you could tell your, all of us yeah. could tell ourselves, like, you know, that we're all worthy of love without pain. And I, and I, I say in my dedication in the book, I, I dedicate it to all the queer kids. And I say, because, and I say uh, to all the queer kids who, um, who'd break their own arm if only to have someone sign their past. Uh, and I say, mm -hmm. you're, you're worthy of love without pain. Yes. Um, and that's, that was me as a kid. I would do anything I could to feel, uh, 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 uh like uh, to feel attention or to feel love and to just feel a part of. And so like, 
I, I just think of like being that kid who would wear a cast to school and just hope that it would help me be like be a part of. And so I think I would tell my myself in that kind of darkest time of like, hey, like you don't need to continue to hurt yourself because you you're worthy of that love and you don't like it, that pain is not going to um, just seeking out pain because you want to feel something. It, that's not a reason. That's not the the feeling that you want. And I would it's just tell necessary myself, to have no, love. I would, I, I would just be like, yeah, I would tell myself, you know, you're worthy of love without pain because that would have saved me a lot of heartache. So, well, I know you're saving a lot of people by writing this book and by telling your truth and being on this podcast and sharing your stories. So thank you so much for joining us on Pridecast, Colton. If, if you don't know, the book is out. It's Miss Memory Lane by Colton Haynes. It's out now. Where can you get it? Everywhere books are sold, basically, right? Everywhere books are sold and the audiobook, I cry the last third of it and it is extremely heartbreaking. So also get that too, because you're in for a, yeah, also go buy tissues because it's a wild ride. So thank you so much for joining us and we love you and we're so proud of you and I cannot wait to read this book and I know people are going to freak out for it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your story, buddy. It's thank you so much. And thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Good we love you, buddy. You. Love you. Good to see you. You too, bud. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Pridecast. Make sure you follow us along on Instagram at Pridecast Pod. Join the conversation and go, please, rate our podcast. Give us reviews. And if you didn't like it, don't go rate it or give us reviews. Just do nothing. But if you loved us, <laughs> give us some good reviews, please. And we will see you all, hopefully, at L.A. Pride, Saturday, June 11th and June 12th. Come out and be proud of this. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yes. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Raquel Willis. Join me on my new podcast, Queer Chronicles, a show where LGBTQ plus folks tell their own stories in their own words. This season, teens will share all about growing up in political battleground states. We will always exist, and we will definitely not let them take away our joy, no matter how hard they try. Listen to Queer Chronicles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your most fabulous shows. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. And we are so excited to have you hear the latest season of our nostalgia-themed podcast, How Did We Get Weird? Not only do you get to know me and my brother, you get to know the stories that made us the absolutely rad people we are today. Like you, Jonah, who's a music person and also a mental health counselor. And you, Vanessa, who is an actress, comedian, and I think you even wrote a children's book. Wow. I sure did. Check out our episodes where we've welcomed hilarious guests like our friend Andy Samberg. That's it. That's really it. And Queen Casey Wilson. I really went cart before the horse. I said, I think I have an opportunity to interview Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> 
as a high school student. Plus, legendary sisters Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. You would pull the bag out, and then we would eat okay. the eat all the leftover the leftover chocolate chips, which was a lot. Then you'd roll the oh, barrel up so to fun. up the hill. And then one of us would get inside the barrel and they'd push you down. And we've also had an amazing guests like Mike the Miz, Jason Isbell, Kerry Brownstein and Corin Tucker of Slater Kinney, and many more. And you do not want to miss out on our funny segments like Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork. And congratulations, you played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Listen to our podcast, How Did We Get Weird, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 